You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. An Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Jordan, oh, oh, the lead to lead Atlanta. You get 21. 4.28 to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am co-host Jason Mann. And with me as always is Rich Krejci. Rich, good, good, good day podcasting you? with you again. Yes, no, definitely. It's 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 been good. We're uh, we're on a we're on a nice little roll here with the over and back. So yeah, so uh, you know, people, of course, uh, we've gotten some great feedback, and we uh, would love to hear more. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at uh, over and back NBA. Uh, if you don't like Twitter, you. Um, uh, we're at thepodiumgame.com, which is uh, in part of the um, Hard Work Process and Basketball Network. So if you find our post in podiumgame.com and just want to leave a little comment underneath to let us know how great we are or, you know, how much we <laughs> suck, either way, we will, we will, uh, we will respect, um, you know, how it's intended and we will try to do better. Or and then publicly shame you. Or we will be podcast. very excited about, you know, people liking yeah. us. So. Um, and if you, if you do that, and also we encourage people to, um, to, uh, leave a comment and a rating on our iTunes feed. We actually share an iTunes feed with the other, um, 
HB Basketball Network podcast, some great ones there, Podium Game, of course, and Rise and Scribe. And I know, I, I believe some other ones are, are coming to the fray, including sure, Return yeah. of Some Favorites. So, uh, so if you want to leave a review either of our show or of just, you know, the whole feed, uh, either way would be great. We will um, talk about any subject that you want uh, for two minutes, basketball-related subject, of course. We're, we're, you know, we're not sickos here, so... <laughs> I, I think we should do life advice as well if people want to. Okay, know, I mean, no. you know, I mean, well, you don't want my advice about be, it, so that that's yeah. It needs to be tasteful. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. So, uh, so Rich, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a very different topic. So usually we will do, we'll pick a player, you know, talk about the seasons, that sort of stuff. This time we're decided to do a little bit different. We're doing Mr. Basketball for each city. So the criteria here is is really not based on anything besides what we want to base it on. But there's a few things we're going to sort of look at. Um, obviously, we're going to look at wind shares, uh, titles, fame, how long you were associated with the city, uh, the fame with other cities, all that sort of stuff. But basically, it's going to be whatever kind of opinion is. So this is going to be a lot different than what we usually do, but still sort of based in history of us kind of talking about basketball history of each city and each town. And these are NBA cities as well, um, you know, New Jersey and Seattle included as well. So Yeah, we, we decided to just do current NBA cities with the exception of New Jersey and Seattle since they, of course, until recently had nba teams so figure yeah, it's as if they're rochester we're not gonna you know right yeah uh, <laughs> i mean i, I think we, we if if people really like this and enjoy this we may do we have a whole list yeah you know with some of those older teams maybe it was mr sheboygan as well, well yeah <laughs> people, maybe not maybe not exactly the same but maybe something where we kind of talk about those old teams and some of the top players and and, and see because yeah. we we research some data for them as well and i think that there's some interesting things to talk about there but let's do this show first and, and not get too far ahead of ourselves so yeah we're, we're gonna throw it off the air pretty soon yeah well it's it's, it's very air. possible yes yeah. so you know we'll we'll try to get it as, as soon as we can so we're gonna kind of divide this we're gonna talk about the cities in which the choice is fairly obvious versus for mr basketball and then we're going to talk about the ones in which there might be some um some sharp debate and the, the reason i i think choosing cities as opposed to teams is important because I, I do think that like, you know, once your team leaves your city, there's a decent chance you're not really going to root for them anymore. And I don't think like, you know, obviously I'm sure that Kings fans have you know some affinity for Oscar Robertson and for, you know, tiny Archibald and those guys, but those guys really belong to Cincinnati and Kansas city to, you know, a certain extent. Right. I mean, that's where those memories were created. The, the people who still live in those cities, if they're old time basketball fans might you still remember them. I mean, I know Oscar Robertson's still, you know, a Cincinnati sports star. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that, um, I, I like the idea of associating it with it, with city rather than, um, team. And there's also some opportunities here to talk about, you know, um, you know, multiple teams in a city. And, and, and in, in some cases, there's kind of some different impact than you might expect. Certainly. Yeah. And no, I think that's a better way to do it as well. I, I, I think it's, it, and, and it's always funny because we hear that sort of Mr. Basketball or you hear, you know, guys that are synonymous with teams, but very rarely do they break it down by city as well. So I think we're doing something a little bit different than what most do. So I like that. That's what, that's what we aim to do. Here, a absolutely. So. so hopefully people will enjoy what we talk about. So, um, so we're going to start off with, we're going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, we're going to start off with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, well, the city of Atlanta, no other uh, team has had, a, no other team has been in Atlanta besides the Hawks. 
sense. So, uh, which is pretty. You look at a lot of these teams and these guys that move or whatever, and it always sort of seems like, especially when you get those desolate like two thousands Hawks, where you know, or as you mentioned, the two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand five Hawks, where there's. I mean, you look in the crowd, and there's like eight people in there, and you always sort of assume that that would be a city that at some point they would have moved out. But I mean, sixty nine to to the current, they're still here. Absolutely, so. yeah. So, um, I mean, clearly it's Dominique Wilkins. You know, you yeah. go from a win score, um, win shares perspective. And uh, you look at a fame perspective. I mean, he's really the guy who's been the toast of the town um, there. I mean, he's still been involved with the organization. I mean, he, he was traded in 94, but he spent uh, 12 seasons there um, after retirement, has had, you know, front office and announcing roles there. I mean, he's still, you know, the biggest star the Hawks have. I mean, they, they've had some very good teams over the past few years. They actually had some pretty some decent teams in the seventies with some, some players who had more success than you might think, but um, definitely Wilkins is the um, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't even think there's a number. I mean, there, there's, there's some number twos out there, you know, the Lou Hudson's or whatever. We're going to talk about Al Horford as well, yeah. but I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I, to me, that was one of the, that's a slam dunk. Yeah. I mean, Al, you know, not to, not Horford, to me, sort of intended. He's, so. he's ninth right now. And he's a guy who I, I think like with six strong seasons, I, I think, he's, or, you know, even, even fewer than that, he's definitely, he's two or three strong seasons away from being number two in win shares and, you know, five or six strong seasons from, at least if the Hawks have a lot of team success, if certainly if they win a championship, yeah. I think that is when maybe he could get in the conversation there. I don't think he's ever going to be embraced by the city as much as Wilkins was in the eighties. But, um, but you know, if they, if they have a lot of team success, I think there's, that is a very mild possibility, but I mean, that, that is a, um, I, I think he has a strong case for number two, probably not necessarily going to reach number one. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. And looking at the other numbers, there's a few guys here and there, but yeah, it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think I've, people are going to ask about Pete Maravich, I think, and he's 23rd in win shares for this team. He is uh, two spots behind Zaza Pachulia in a similar <laughs> number incredible. of minutes. So uh, that may surprise some people, but Maravich is not a player who grades well statistically. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to New Orleans. But um, but yeah, so he is I, I, nowhere near that competition, although I guess he might have a case for being the most the second most famous Atlanta Hawk to, you know, a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I was going to say Stacey Ogman. Or Sharif Abdul Rahim, but I guess. No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the other Matumbo. I can't believe Sharif only played two years he there. He played a couple more than that, but uh, he, was he's a hometown okay. guy. Um, yeah, I think he mm -hmm. played four, maybe, but I, I, three seasons. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So. I felt like he was there forever. I don't know. I'm, I, he's synonymous. He was with, the Grizzlies with, with, for a long time. He, he bounced around, but. Yeah. Um, Kings for a while after that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so the second city we're going to talk about is Brooklyn. Obviously, Brooklyn's only had a team for uh, two seasons. Um, they're, you know, Darren Lewis wins and win score. I think he's their most famous player. Brooke Lopez has a stronger one, um, has a stronger win score per forty-eight. It's it's relatively close, but. Um, I I would pick Williams at the moment just because Lopez has been hurt. I I yeah, I, I'm but mad. it's gonna be low. it'll be Lopez pretty quickly. I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, assuming health, which is not necessarily mm -hmm. a good assumption based on the With injuries Rick he's Lopez. had. Yeah, but no. I the, I don't think it'll be Darren Williams for very long. I mean, I think someone will eventually step up, whether it's mm -hmm. a young player in a few years once they rebuild, or whether it's Lopez or something like that. Because I don't I don't sense Darren Williams being a very good player for, for much longer just because no. of, you know, the injuries he's had and the other issues. So, so yeah, but right now I think it's clearly Darren Williams. Yeah, no, no argument here. 
Uh, so the city of Chicago, which of course includes the Bulls from 67 to, to current time, but also includes the Chicago Stags, who played from 47 to 50, and the uh, Packers and the Zephyrs, who played from 62 and 63, they eventually became the Washington franchise. Um, so you want to guess who's number one here, Rich? Yeah, I'm gonna go. It's probably gonna be. Uh, I'm trying to think here. I'm, I'm racking my brain of, of, of famous bulls, and I'm having a little trouble here. Yeah, um, I, I forget his name. He's the, he he the guy who with the tongue. You know, uh, Tom Borwinkle. Tom Borwinkle. Yeah, it's very possible. That's close. You know, you're getting warmer. Reggie Theus. Bob Boozer. Bob Boozer. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Clifford Ray was had a good you know little run there. Sure. There you go. Chet Walker. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So. Brad Miller, remember the Brad Miller Bulls years? Yeah, they were, it was good, yeah. Um, <laughs> no Chioti, Andres No Chioti. There you go, yeah. Norm Van Leer. It's No Chioti, yeah. it's fine. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, we, we're good. So, yeah, obviously it's Michael Jordan who's more than twice as much as, <laughs> as Scotty Pippen. So, you know, we'll... Yeah. That's a 200 win share. 200, like, Scotty yeah. Pippen's really freaking good, yeah. and he's 99 win shares, and Michael Jordan has 204. Like, yeah. and, 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 he's double the player. It's really good. saying that win shares is like the best stat ever by but any Jesus, means. look at but, the win shares. But, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's what basketball reference use. It's good shorthand. You know, this is just for fun, people. So uh, It's just unbelievable that Scottie Pippen, who's a, a top 50 player and a really good player, uh, Michael Jordan's double the player he is according to win shares. Yeah, that's just right. shocking. And, and, like, that's, yeah, and Jordan doesn't have that many more games, you know. Um, no, it's just... Oh, 9, 3, man. 56. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is. good player. Breaking news on the <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan, good at basketball. He, he so wasn't bad. Yeah, he, he was okay. So uh, so Cleveland, um, it's it's obviously clearly LeBron James, uh, and you know he's way he's one hundred three point three. Mark Price is second with sixty five point four. Brad Doherty third with sixty five point two. Very close there. Also yeah. a close amount of games and minutes there. Um, it, but it'd be interesting because I, I think it's definitely LeBron, but because LeBron came back, I mean, he's the, he, oh, it's he's the greatest be, yeah. player, but if he hadn't come back, then it's an interesting question. Sure. Yeah. Then, then you sort of get a, if he had always sort of been that anti, you know, we're Cleveland, because we said, we're not looking at just strictly win shares here. We're looking at guys, you know, that would, you know, the, the way the city reacts to them and the way obviously LeBron left would have been left a sour taste. I mean, I think they sort of have forgiven him a little bit, but now it's going to be no doubter that this guy is key to the city and Cleveland loves him, that sort of stuff. Because you could make a case. I mean, a guy like uh, Brad Doherty, I think, is an interesting case. And, and, and Big Z as well, when, when he retired, when they retired, his number was like a big deal. I mean, this would have been a very interesting conversation if he had left and there was so always sort of that 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 sour taste of LeBron James leaving Cleveland and, you know, winning championships elsewhere, especially if this, this next time he spurned them again and went to, you know, somewhere else would have been, you know, if he goes to LA or something, something I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that happening either, but, but, you know, um, but it was hard to imagine him coming back to Cleveland. So, yep. uh, but, but yeah, he's, he's got this and, and we'll only he, add some distance. Yeah, I, mean, sure. I would think Mark Price by default if it weren't LeBron, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely a lot of good arguments for that. So, uh, also, there was the Cleveland had a the Rebels in '47, but they did not factor. Surprisingly enough, they did not factor into uh, <laughs> so. Um, next, we go to Dallas. Uh, the Mavericks have been around since '81. There was also the Dallas Chaparrals from '68 to '73, who eventually became the Spurs. Um, the Chaparrals, however, do not really um, factor into things either. Um, and number one with the bull, Dirk Nowitzki, um, 184.8 um, win shares. N- n- number two is Rolando Blackman with 70.3. So, I- I'm looking at the Shepherds' uh, history here. Uh, try to, can you guess where Cincinnatus Powell was born? 
uh, was he born in? He was either probably born in Cincinnati, Ohio, or Powell, Ohio. No, he was born in Baton Rouge, ah, Louisiana. There you go. I don't know why his name is Cincinnati, but there you go. It's a good name. It's a great name, but why is it? Name was I, I assumed I was going to click on it. I was like, well, that's real original. You're from oh, yeah, oh, no. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. He's the Cincinnati kid, and he's from Dallas. No. Yeah, his nickname is Cincy. Yeah, exactly. Louisiana. Yeah, so, so it, that's a yes, but um, <laughs> but it is Dirk. There's, I, I don't think there's any question that obviously led them to championship uh has been their franchise player for the past 15 or so seasons i, I don't think anyone is without that title do you think he'd be i mean i i, I think it's obvious but but uh, do you still think i mean even without that title if make, sort of... it doesn't make a big difference but i mean it makes a little bit of a difference i mean you mm-hmm. know um it i don't think it's going to happen but if you ever played for the team that might have a, a very small but I, there's just no one else who's even in his stratosphere there sure yeah for as, as long as he's played as well i mean you, you can maybe make a case for blackman before the championship or whatever but now it's it's a no doubt yeah so. right i mean you know the other guys you know like our Derek harper or jason terry you know michael finley but those guys are just are, are way behind you know any, mm-hmm. anywhere that um you know i mean it's clearly direct without a question so sean marion already 15th in the in wind shares there you go in dallas history that's a guy that's a guy who piles up wind shares like no other he, sean he does he's and rightfully he's so. pretty good he's, he's also he, he wins a lot you know mm-hmm. he's had a couple of the struggles with miami and um toronto but otherwise he's pretty much been a winning team his entire career yep yeah um so next we have uh Houston where they had the um they had the, the Mavericks from 1669 <laughs> no relation to the Dallas Mavericks um that's actually the the franchise that became uh Carolina Cougars and then the Spirits of St. Louis uh, in the ABA um and of course uh since 72 the um the Houston Rockets it's, it's easy to forget that the Rockets started in San Diego just because like Houston Rockets is so natural because, it makes sense right yeah. because you know yeah of NASA so um but not again uh Hakeem Olajuwon clearly the uh you know clearly the dominant guy there Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think there's really. He even... has 160 win shares in a thousand, a thousand eleven seventy seven games. Uh, you know, it, one that's interesting and um, is that Moses Malone has 70 in 464 games. Um, so you know, if you extrapolate it, he would. You know, he he if if he had played more of his career in Houston and they had won a title during the years that he were there, like you know, that then I think that conversation might change a little bit. Um, I mean, that, that, that would definitely be interesting. I mean, it's just, um, I think Moses Malone is maybe a, a guy who m- most historically suffers from being on a lot of different teams. Yeah. Right. Maybe, I mean, maybe, he, maybe he's, he's not, not synonymous, maybe, yeah, maybe he's not synonymous with one team necessarily. And you know, which kind of maybe undermines his greatness. I mean, there are other guys who, who, that, that, you know, Chamberlain and LeBron to a certain extent, but, um, but they, you know, kind of have one dominant team or one dominant city and Moses doesn't quite have that. Sure. So, uh, so you want, you want to talk about, uh, the next, uh, city? Yeah, let's, let's go here. So we have Indianapolis here and they had the jets, uh, in 1949, they had the Olympians in 1950 through 1953. And then obviously the Pacers since uh, 1968. So this one, um, this one's Reggie Miller. I mean, that, that goes without saying, uh, you have, you know, a few guys, current guys as well, like, you know, a Paul George or even a Paul Millsap or, or not Paul Millsap, fucking Roy Hibbert. Yeah. I don't know why, but Paul Millsap. Yeah, Paul's, Paul's, but, yeah you know, yeah. so, but I think, I mean, they would have to really uh, yeah. cement like an, an amazing career to even touch Reggie Miller. And, and I don't, 
don't think it's even close here. I don't think there's even another person that I would even yeah, consider. I, I would I would have considered George a, a more of a possibility, although with a very long road. If with a broken leg is going to set him back, definitely he's sure. not going to play next year. And there's I think. You know, um, a, a good chance. Kind of, it was talked about on the uh, Make or Miss podcast recently, where uh, you know George. You know, there's no guarantee that he's going to be the same player, at least for a while when he comes back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may take another year just for him to kind of, you know, get back into, you know, kind of where he was if he's even capable of doing that. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, if he's able to, you know, I think he might have an outside chance if they're able to kind of rebuild around him and, and mm-hmm. he, you know, goes on the track that he is on. But, yeah, I mean. It's all about success as well. When you look at a Reggie Miller, I mean, he's a guy that brought in, and, and he really was, and in, in when you watch those sort of, uh, you know, the Spike Lee, you know, 30 for 31 or whatever, yeah. Reggie Miller was a guy they rallied behind and he rallied behind them and was like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, this is my city and we're, we're you know, we're, you know, Nat Town. And that's what I mean, there was a lot of stuff where he really just like and then the success. I mean, he put that city on the map in, in terms of basketball. Sure, so, yeah, sure. it, it, it would be. Yeah, it would take Paul George being the, the centerpiece of a title team, really, I think, to even get close to that. So. I, I agree. And, you know, I think Miller has benefited because, um, you know, obviously they had deep postseason and they had deep postseason runs against and memorable playoff series against uh, the the Bulls and the, the big cities, right? Too, and and those yeah. are glorified to an even added extent because of because of that. So yeah, and the era as well. Right, yeah, that, exactly. That, so um, you know. so Miami is next, of course. The Heat since '89. They also had the Floridians for uh, from '69 to '72 in the ABA, but they're not really a factor. It, it, it's clearly Dwayne Wade who has 105.4 win shares in 719 games. Uh, second is LeBron James with 65.3 in 294 <laughs> games. So, so obviously um, a much better um, win shares for 48. But, um, you know, Wade, Wade carried them to the title team um, in 06 as well. He's going to be there for probably most, if not all, of his career. LeBron yeah. obviously went back to Cleveland. If LeBron had stayed, I think LeBron would have taken that mantle eventually. But I sure. think it's Wade um, now. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, I guess if there is some sort of falling out with him in the organization, and I guess it's pretty much the case with anyone, it's possible. But I think that uh, I don't see anyone um, taking that away from anytime soon. No, and a lot of mornings an interesting case because he still kind of works for the team and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I think it's pretty clearly Wade. Yeah, exactly. He's third. He's right behind LeBron um, there. But yeah, it's it's, it's definitely Wade. I mean, Morning's definitely you know a important guy because of you know of that role as well and and his con- contributions and his inspiring story and all of that. But um, yeah, but yeah, so. It's uh, next is New Orleans. Uh, they have the Buccaneers of the ABA from 68 to 70. They have the uh, the Jazz from 75 to 79. And then, of course, they have the Hornets and now Pelicans from 03 to, to current time. So um, Chris Paul is definitely your winner. Uh, 76.4 win shares. Uh, David West has about half that. I uh, should well, a little more than half that. But but I, I think it's clearly Paul. Um and it's kind of surprising because actually the number the guy who's, who'd be third is Jimmy Jones of the Buccaneers. <laughs> and, and you would think Maravich, of course. So Maravich isn't even number one on the Jazz. He right. uh, it's Rich Kelly who is ahead of Maravich. Um, you know, statistically, Maravich is not a just does not have a strong career, and he didn't win either. So I, I, I do. I mean, I think Maravich is going to be a, is a g- interesting guy to examine. Then he bounced around too, you know, similar to the Moses Malone thing. It's hard. Well, I mean, it, he's synonymous it, 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 with a few teams, teams, but well, I mean, Maravich really had um, the Jazz and the Hawks. I mean, he did do he had his final season with Boston, but 
I do think that um, I mean there there is something to that, but I do think like um, Ymir Richards is a kind of interesting guy to examine. I mean, there've been a couple of books on him. I know we've had a couple of requests for do, to do a podcast on him, and mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know if there's a lot more to say than those books haven't said, but it, you know. It is weird. He's definitely a guy who I think, if you're taking statistically, um, he's definitely a guy whose reputation way exceeds what his the numbers show his production have. Which you know the yeah. numbers may not show everything, and you know he's certainly an exciting player to watch. So you know there, there's that, but. Um, but yeah, as far as production goes, he is surprisingly low on um, both the New Orleans and the Atlanta list. I would say. Yeah, and, and Anthony Davis is a number uh, a guy that sticks out to me right away. Who, who's already you know fifth in in terms of the Hornets uh, you know win shares, and, and a guy that I think um, uh, the Pelicans win shares right, the Hornets slash Pelicans you know obviously yeah. win shares there. But no, he's a guy that I definitely see him sort of taking the reins uh, eventually because yeah. I still think there's a little there's a little uneasiness about Chris Paul. I mean, he might in the end be you know received pretty well, but I think this is Anthony Davis's to take. So if he just continues on his career trajectory, no doubt in my mind that he will be that Mister New Orleans basketball. But yeah. It's going to be a while. I mean, he could leave after you know a few years, and then it, we'll see that's that. That's possible, but, you know. but I have a feeling it'll be, it will be Anthony Davis. I I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. So, mm-hmm. um, next Oklahoma City, and uh, surprise, surprise, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's uh, no question, and that's going to be for yeah. Too. I mean, he, he, unless he leaves and Russell Westbrook stays and is you know like leads them to some deep playoff runs, that that's the only way I could see it. But production wise, there's no way Westbrook would match. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Portland's a a bit of an interesting one. I mean, I I think it's clearly um, Clyde Drexler um, who led them to the finals, you know, 108 win shares in 867 games. Um, There are some players who do other players who do pretty well in win shares per 48 there. Um, There's Terry Porter, uh, Rashid Wallace, LaMarcus Aldridge, who's coming up and and could be a guy who contends for this in a few years if he kind of continues his career track. Um, and, uh, but I do think that it's still Drexler. I mean, I think Porter was always kind of, you know, the, the sidekick for lack of a better term for Drexler, you know, maybe he's a little bit underrated as a player actually, but, um, and they, then they kind of had, were, you know, a, a deep, you know, they had a lot of great, very good players on those teams as well. I mean, they were a very deep team. So, but Drexler, I think clearly was the number one star there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and and there's a it's an interesting one, the, the Portland, because I look at a guy like I to me, when I think of Portland basketball, for whatever reason, my mind immediately goes to Bill Wall. Yes. And, and you mentioned he's, you know, 22nd or whatever, but there's just something so synonymous with that. And you think about it, I mean, you, he's a guy who came in there with a lot of hype, you know, won a title, that sort of stuff. So to me, when I think Portland basketball, I immediately go to Bill Walton. And I don't know if that, that's just my personal bias, even though Clyde Drexler clearly probably has a better case in terms of stats or whatever. But I, I think of Walton for fame and that sort of stuff, because he's just to me, I I, I Imagine him in that bla- you know that '70s Blazers uniform with his big mutton chops and his, his ridiculous hair, and that that's immediately what comes to mind for me. Yeah, and, and Walton, I think, would be it if he had played longer in Portland and had been healthier. Um, I, and I think a part of that is just because there was a book written, a famous book written about the Blazers. That's that's you know the seminal book about NBA basketball um, that I think enhances his reputation. Obviously, sure. the championship is there. Um, and Drexler, one knock on him in, that that may or may not be important is that he also is very associated with the Houston franchise. He won that title right. there. He played college there, um, and he's an announcer there. So, um, so Portland isn't even necessarily like his main, um, you, you know, the, 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 absolutely his number one city. Um, 
But I think just I, I think because of his accomplishments there, I think I still have to give it to him right now. But I do think Lamarcus is a guy who, um, you know, could end up being a particularly if they have some good playoff success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 still an open debate. I think this one. This isn't one that's going to be closed forever. You know, like you know, Chicago is likely going to be. I mean, there, there's there's an opportunity there for someone to sort of take the reins. Yeah. So. So we next we have Salt Lake City, um, which of course, it, which the Utah Jazz since 1980 when they moved from New Orleans. Uh, they also there was also the Utah Stars of the um, of the uh, ABA. Although even though they had five seasons there, they were not really much of a factor. Um, but they did have some good players. But I mean, this is obviously dominated by. Um, Malone and Stockton. Malone with 230 win shares. Uh, Stockton with 207. Just you know, two of the best players at their positions of all times. Um, you know, two. Uh, yeah, but just everything incredible. Everything is dominated there. There's, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's so highly unlikely that anyone is ever going to exceed those two players. Yeah, and that's one that I can't. I, I can't really pick between either of them because it's. It, it wouldn't be fair, right? To, yeah, to name one I mean, of them. If, it's got to be Stockton if, and Malone. If I'm like, pressed, I would pick Malone. Um, sure. I, I mean, I but... guess Malone. The only knock there is that he left for a year and Stockton played mm-hmm. his whole career, but that's not really a big deal, I don't think. Um, they're both. No, I, I, yeah. If, if you if you go to my head, if you said choose one, I would probably choose Malone, but. I mean, that's, that's tough because you mentioned the thing of him sort of going elsewhere. But, yeah, this is one that I think you it has to be these two, and it's these two forever. I, I don't think anybody could. I mean, maybe somebody. If, if, if Gordon Hayward leads them to multiple championships, maybe we'll, well talk. Maybe. Well, we'll talk I'm not, about uh, that. I'm not holding my breath for that I, one. So. I, there's definitely no breath holding here. So <laughs> uh, next we have Seattle, which has had the, well, wait, had the Supersonics from 68 to <laughs> gonna, Oh, you're going to make a lot of you wait. Sorry, Sonics fans. Yeah. Well, now we just got unsubscribed. That was insensitive. Like, I, didn't, I didn't mean to be a jerk about it. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a storied history, um, you know, win shares is by a, a, a strong lead is Gary Payton with 123.8. Uh, there's also Jack Sigma in there, uh, with 79, um, win shares per 48 is still won by Payton, but it's a little bit closer. If you consider that measure, Sigma also led them to a championship. Um, Peyton's a hall of famer. He did play other places other than, um, Seattle. I think Sigma actually did too, but it was mostly, I, well, I guess they were both mostly after their prime. So Sigma went to uh, Milwaukee. That's for, right. For yeah. I mean, he played there for five years. Um, actually had a pretty good run in Milwaukee as well. That's right. So, um, and Peyton, of course, you know, played for a lot of teams, won a title in Miami, although he was a bit player by then. Uh, made an important shot, I believe for, um, in the finals, uh, if I yep. recall correctly. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I, I three wasn't it? It was like a corner three or something. Yeah. I, I mean, if I remember, yeah. I, I, I think know. it's Peyton. I mean, I, you know, they have some memorable other players as well. But um, Sean Kemp rates highly, but obviously he left and just mm-hmm. you know, and, and and things went downhill Not for bad. him. So yes. Um, uh, but yeah, obviously it's Peyton. So. Uh, so last but not least in the uh, low debate um, category is the San Antonio Spurs, uh, San Antonio City, um, the only team there being the Spurs in 74. And win shares, it's very close between Tim Duncan and David Robinson, 191.6 to 178. Duncan leads there. But um, although, you know, um, Robinson was part of two of their championships and in, in in, in an important part of the first one. I mean, important part of the second one, but he was a role player by then. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly Duncan, I have to say, even though the wig chair so, for yeah. 48 is strong, is better for Robinson. I, I think 
it just has to be Duncan, you know? Yeah, and I, and, and I think Robinson has a case that you can make that, you know, he's sort of, he, he was a guy, another guy that sort of put them on the map in a lot of ways and, and, and it was big. But yeah, I think at this point, especially after the, this past year, it, it's Tim Duncan. I mean, that guy is otherworldly. Yeah. In terms of San Antonio, you just can't mess with the, the combination of, 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 you know, staying in that city, you know, taking pay cuts to, to remain there, winning the titles. That's right. I mean, the, the, the resume is, is pretty much yeah, there. The, so. the greatness and longevity. I mean, um, Robinson was great for a while, you know, for a good length of time as well. But his teams weren't nearly as successful, obviously. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he obviously doesn't compare either. But George Gervin, you know, um, obviously was the, the guy, the franchise in the 70s and 80s. And um you know, really helped, uh, you know, establish them. I mean, on a lot of franchises, he would be a number one, but he's a, a distant number three here, which says a lot about the uh, the franchise. So, Artis Gilmore showing up on a lot of lists. Yeah, <laughs> so Artis Gilmore was really good. Guy, yeah, he was on the yeah he was on the Chicago list. I see him on the San Antonio list right Even now. I mean, late, that, late in his career, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I I can't believe yeah I'm seeing him right yeah, here. He, Man, he, he's a guy that keeps he'd coming be up. Number yeah. one in the Kentucky Colonels list as well. So <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um. So that's it for our uh, our initial list of cities in which uh, we both basically are going to agree. And then here, and we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll have some roaring debate. There's going to be yelling yes. and screaming and anger. It's going to be like and the show will never will cease to exist after the show because yes. we'll be so angry about uh, you know I who you picked as Charlotte. I will be the player. Stephen A. Smith to your Skip Bayless. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right. All right, and we're back, and now the, the feverish debate portion of this podcast, we're going to talk about cities in which the debate is needed. So these are cities, um, NBA cities, that we think there's not a shoe. I mean, we mentioned a few guys in, in different cities, obviously, like a Chicago had to be a Michael Jordan, but now we're going to get into a lot of teams that... I don't know if there is one that sticks out. So now we're going to – this is where, as we said, the podcast will cease to exist after this because we'll be so angry about each other of who, you know, the best Detroit Falcon or <laughs> Detroit Piston ever is. So we'll start off first. Obviously, we're going to do this alphabetical if we did the first portion. We'll start out with Boston, and obviously there has only been one team in Boston, the Boston Celtics, since 1947. Now, this one is interesting because there and, – and this – I feel like a lot of people would have this sort of debate, and this is a debate that's probably been done, you know, previously is, you know, who's the best Celtic of all time? Who's that Mr. Celtics or whatever? You have obviously Bill. Russell, who leads in win shares. Uh, Larry Bird is second in win shares. Paul Pierce, third. And then John, uh, John Havlicek, fourth. I think those are kind of the only guys I would use. Most likely a Russell, Bird, and Pierce are probably the only guys I would really debate with. For you, who, who is it for you? I mean, I, I, it's so, this one's really hard. Yeah, I mean, honestly. And you're not wrong in any one. I mean, you're really not, especially if you choose Russell or Bird, I, there's no way to really be wrong in this yeah, one. Yeah, realistically, it's Russell or Bird. I don't think Paul, I mean, Pearson have, which are obviously great, but I, I think it's it's Russell mm-hmm. or Bird. I, and, and for me, it's it's Russell. I mean, 11 championships, the the guy who redefined defense in the league, um, his importance also off the court in terms of, um, you know, a social awareness and civil rights. Yeah, I mean, race, and, yeah, yeah. And, breaking the ground, yeah. Yeah, and, and just... Um, revolutionizing the game i mean bird is so incredible as well and such a great player and maybe was in, and probably was embraced by the city more than um than russell was but i i do think that like i mean even though russell coached um seattle and kansas city i mean he's pretty much only a celtic bird has those indiana ties too 
I mean, that doesn't necessarily, you know, matter strong suit because I, you know, Larry Bird is primarily still a Celtic, but I do think that, you know, it is a, is a nudge in Russell's favor. But, you know, 11 championships, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to mess yeah, with. That, and yeah, and being the best player on all or, you know, you know, all but maybe one or two of those teams. So, sure. Yeah. I, I would probably, I mean, we're unfortunate this, we, we led this off by saying we were going to debate and yell and scream, but I, I'm pretty much with Russell on that as well. So, I, I think it's hard to argue with the, the titles and, you know, on the floor and as a coach as well, player coach and that sort of stuff. Yeah. To me, he, he's, he's definitely the one. And, and if you made an argument for Bird, I, w- I would certainly not argue with you, but everybody else I think is, 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 definitely a step down um so we'll now move on to charlotte and they obviously have had a few different franchises and now they're they're back to the hornets but uh from 89 to 2002 they had the charlotte hornets and then uh they had obviously the bobcats until this year where now they're coming back to the hornets so uh, that was 2005 until the current um you know still the the same franchise but now the hornets and it's confusing but this one is a very interesting one because Nobody really stands out. I mean, there's really, to me, I I cannot, it's so hard to think of any Bobcat as a Mr. Charlotte basketball because you're just so synonymous with with, with the Hornets of the early 90s and and just, you know, they took the city by storm and they were, you know, the NBA's best crowd and, and, you know, kids grew up and they were teal and everybody had a starter jacket with Hornets on it. So to me, I look at like a guy like Muggsy Bogues and I think he's my, my number one, which is pretty interesting, but... There's not really anybody that stands out. You, you know, it, it's it's hard. It's, it's a really tough one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I think the candidates are Gerald Wallace, who had uh, 45.9 win shares in 454 games. Definitely is the number one Bobcat, without any question. Um, and then Bogues, as you mentioned, um, who um, it had 44.8 win shares, but in 632 games. So a lot more games than either Wallace mm-hmm. or Larry Johnson, who had 41.1 and 377 games had. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, this is a tough one. I think I might go with Johnson. I think he, yeah, it's hard to be wrong on this. Yeah, one I mean, either. I think he was I mean, it's... the best player of the three, although he mm-hmm. did play, you know, other places as well, you know, um, you know, had had a run in New York where it took him to, to the finals. Um, I think Bogues is more associated with the um, Hornets, especially like from the kind of from the beginning through there. So um, and, and obviously just, uh, you know, because of his size is a well-known, colorful player. Um, sure. You know, Wallace, you just the yeah, I don't I think the Bobcats never captured the imagination of Charlotte or the NBA. So, um, you know, I I. I think I would go with Johnson, but you know, I, I could I could see a case being made for any of the three players. Sure, and then this next wave of Bobcats. I mean, it's wide open for them. I mean, one of them just has to stay there for about ten years and be good, and and it's all theirs. So. Uh, we'll move on now to Denver, who uh, in 1950 were the Nuggets, and then um, obviously came back and were in 1968 the Rockets, and then went back to the Nuggets until the, obviously the current incarnation. Um, this one is is interesting. I to me, there's there's one clear one that I sort of think, but it's it's a guy that you wouldn't normally think, and that's Dan Issel, who I think uh, he does lead in win shares um, for the franchise. And then you have Alex English, uh, Carmelo is fifth uh, at 53.5. A few other guys come in there. To me, I would probably put Issel, but this is another one where you can't really be wrong. I mean, and Alex English is one. Uh, David Thompson is one that comes to mind too of, of a guy you know of me who you know watched a ton of um, of dunk contests when I was growing up. He's the guy that's always synonymous with me. But yeah, I would, I would probably put Issel in there obviously because you know he came back and coached and that sort of stuff. English is a good one. I, I don't think Carmelo at this point. I think he's sort of 
cemented himself in a lot of ways with the Knicks. Yeah. So I, I would probably not put him. Probably but... soured things the way he left as well. Sure. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I think Thompson's an interesting one. He just the kind of the lack of longevity for him of him being a great mm-hmm. player, you know. Um, but he did, you know. Um, I mean, that was toward the end of his career, and he produced pretty well, um, you know, for them. Um, so. Um, obviously that's strong I, I yeah I mean I think I would agree that it would be Issel um, I, I don't know you know if he's the first guy I think of because it might be English you know just if I thought about you know like okay who's the Denver Nugget you know other than Anthony but obviously we've explained the reasons why he wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. be it I think Dikembe a lot as well that's true but he didn't last there that long no, um, no, no, but no, yeah no. I mean he has he's that, that signature moment of course of him you know um, against Seattle and blocking that mm-hmm. shot you know I think that's, that's probably why that is um, he's that that great highlight for the Nuggets. Um, you know, I mean, they don't have titles in their history. I mean, the, the Nuggets have had a lot of good teams, but, you know, a few great ones. So it's, it's hard for anyone to kind of distinguish themselves, um, you know, through, through stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say, I think Issel would be my choice as well. Definitely. I'll move on to Detroit. Uh, in 1947, they had the Detroit Falcons, but then obviously from 1958 until the current, they had the Detroit Pistons. Um, this one is interesting. There's a lot of guys that, again, you can make an argument for. Um, number one in win shares is Bill Lambeer. Um, not a surprise. No, that's not a surprise at all. I mean, that, that's a lot of longevity there as well. You have guys, uh, you have Bob Lanier, uh, Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, even a Chauncey Billups ha- has an argument here. Well, I, I think it's a little bit of a surprise because he played essentially the same amount of time as Isaiah Thomas, and he's quite yeah, a bit I, I would far assume ahead I, of, yeah. of Isaiah Thomas. That, that's kind of more what I mean by it being a surprise. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because no, I, I I I thought there was a little bit less overlap, but there's an exact overlap. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was, yeah. Thomas actually played uh, like forty less games 40 too. Games. Yeah, less games yeah. for Lambeer. Um, wow. and a lot in five thousand more minutes. And yeah, I mean, that's a real. I mean, I've always, you know, Isaiah's always kind of been not quite as much as Maravich, but uh, Thomas has always been kind of a guy whose statistics don't necessarily match up with his reputation as a great player. The the numbers just quite aren't quite there for him. Um, I, and I don't, you know, I, this isn't the podcast where I, where I, you know, where we have the argument whether, you know, they actually are accurate or not, but, um, but at least in his case, he won, you know, championships and, um, was great. But I think Lambeer, obviously Lambeer accomplished the same team success that Thomas did. And I do think like Lambeer is a guy who is not necessarily appreciated for being quite as good as he, as he was. I mean, he was a four-time all-star and he was a productive score. I mean, he really did have, you look at his numbers and they're, you know, you, you kind of think of him as just kind of like, you know, rough enforcer and yeah, fine. He rebounded, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't necessarily, um, there, but, you know, he was a, a pretty good scorer too. I mean, double digit, um, you know, he, he averaged 16, 17 for a few seasons. I mean, you know, he was a, a, a you know, very good as well. Um, and obviously, you know, as a defender. So um, yeah, that's an interesting comparison as well. And of course, you know, guys, a guy like Bob Lanier, um, you know, from before the glory days of the Celtics, um, you know, as, as far as win for 48, I think he is the, the winner there. But, and while, uh, I mean, I think problem, maybe the problem that he has is he's stuck um, in an era where no one was paying attention to the Pistons and not a lot of people were paying attention to the NBA and there mm-hmm. wasn't much team success. Sure, yeah. And and, and this is an interesting one because when, when, when I sort of do it and you know, my initial thought would be an Isaiah Thomas, but you really start to look at at the life and career of Bill Lambier and obviously you know coming back to, to, to coach the Detroit Shock and, and, and stuff like that of the WNBA. Yeah, Lambier makes a really good case, and I, I, I guess you you sort of underrate how good of a player he was. I mean, to me, when I think of Detroit, I think of Isaiah, but 
I, I do think that it, Billups is kind of interesting. One of those late, um, uh, those 2000 Celtics team, because mm-hmm. he's another guy who per, um, Win score per 48 is really, really good. I mean, you know, uh, you compare him to Thomas, he has almost as many um, win shares uh, in half the minutes. I mean, and it's kind of an interesting. I mean, it, you know, I don't know exactly what it says, but I just, I think it's interesting. Look, um, sure. so I, I don't know who, who's the guy that you would pick out of these. I mean, there's a lot of interesting candidates here. We need to make Mars. Who's a guy who's sure. I, I mean, had the longer career. So the, so the Winchester 48 isn't as good, but of course was the GM for a long time, had some success and then had, you know, a big failure, but, um, <laughs> this is a really tough one. Maybe the toughest this is one hard. there is. Yeah, this is hard because it, there's a lot of really good guys in, in yeah, I, I, I think I would initially just go with Isaiah because that's where my mind goes. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm not. And then, then you just mentioned that Dumars was the GM and I'm like, oh, yeah, he was the GM for a long time. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, going to my head, I would probably do Isaiah. But, man, you could you could argue me off of that in two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> with, I, I, with Dumars, Lambeer. I mean, I would even hear a Billups. I would honestly even hear a Billups. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, you know, I, I think I might go with Lambeer, honestly. I mean, I think the kind of the mm-hmm. numbers make make that case for me um, a, a little bit. But, uh, you know, any of those, I think, are legitimate arguments. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, we'll move on to the Los Angeles uh, franchise. Obviously, we have the Lakers. Um since 1961, you have the Los Angeles Stars as well from 69 to 70, and then uh, the Clippers. So we're, we're adding the Clippers into here, 85 to uh, 2014, the Los Angeles Clippers. So um, a few names here that are, are, are very interesting. Obviously, you have a Kobe Bryant, uh, Jerry West, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. I mean, this is a tough one. You even have a guy like Shaq that you could you can make an argument for. Uh, he's quite a bit lower in in the win shares um, and uh, does pretty well in win shares per 48, but but overall win shares a little bit low. And then like an Elgin Baylor as well, but he's he's also pretty low. To me, I think it's 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 Bryant West, uh, Kareem, or or Magic. And oh, that's a tough man. Like Detroit, this is this is hard. I don't know. Um, I would probably do Magic initially, just based off his fame and, and his kind of being synonymous with that franchise. But I mean, like on the court wise, you could definitely do Kobe. I, I don't think you're wrong doing that. I, you know, I think it's down to Magic or Kobe. Although I hate to say that about West because he's so fantastic. Kareem too. I mean, and especially impressive since Kareem did a lot of that toward the end of his career in his you know late 30s and and into 40. Um, I think if you also consider like Magic's association with the Lakers for his, the rest of his time after his playing career, and I assume Kobe will be the same, but I mean Magic just has that that longevity ahead of him and that smile. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I think I, I think I will pick Magic, but you know, anyone who picked Kobe or, or even Wester or Kareem, you made that case. I think there, and you're mm-hmm. right. Shaq and Baylor, you know, there's some interesting talk there, but. Um, the one thing I, I think is interesting conversation is like, okay, where is the first Clipper you would put? Like, yeah, who's who's Mr. Clipper? Yeah. Right. I mean, um, or you know, where does Mr. Clipper rank among Mr. Los Angeles? You know, sure, right. Okay, I, yeah. And I, Elton Brand is the guy who I would definitely say would be Mr. Clipper. Although Blake's probably going to surpass him in a couple years. Chris Paul, I know, think but so. I, yeah. but, uh, Blake's so much younger that I feel like he'll stay in <clears throat> the Clippers. You know, for a longer period of time, but, um, yeah, I mean, he'd be eighth in win shares brand would be, but I would say seven round 17th. If, um, titles and fame are concerned, probably like, right. Uh, maybe before Derek Fisher, right after Derek Fisher, before happy Hairston and Vladdy Divot, you know, 
That sounds about <laughs> right to me. I don't know. I mean, it's a, that's sort of a tough one to call because Elton Brand was actually really good, but he just people and, and they the Clippers did have a couple of good teams with him, but he, they just are such have been such an afterthought until recently that it's hard to you know. Uh, it's hard to rank them just based on the numbers because of just the disparity in fame and success of those two franchises. Certainly. Yeah. It's, it would be hard. I mean, I I think, and when you think of it overall of like, would a Clipper ever be able to surpass any of these guys? And I, I would be hard pressed to say any, I mean, even if Blake Griffin has just a tremendous career, I mean, you're talking Kobe West, Kareem and Magic. Like, I mean, it would. It, and then the Shaq and Elgin. I mean, the, yeah, that's. It, it would take a lot of work would, for. It, it's. I mean, that's a lot of titles there. You got to work. Of course, with. but it's, you know, like unimaginable. He, he needs to start winning next year and then yeah, <laughs> be dominant I mean, it for would the next take a lot so, of titles yeah. and a lot of individual success. He'd, I mean, he's been very good, but he would need to be better. I mean, he would need to be the. the second or third best player in the league starting next season for a while mm-hmm, and, be exactly. the, and eventually be the best player in the league for that to any be anywhere near a conversation all right so we have memphis next correct yes uh, they Got of the... course were the, they are of course the grizzlies <laughs> since since uh 2002 moving from vancouver uh they also had the memphis pros the memphis tams and the memphis sounds from 71 to 75 in the aba but they're not really a, a big factor here um and you're you're basically down to the Gasol brothers. Um, Powell still leads in win shares, 53 to 48. Similar number of games. Powell's a few more games. So Mark's going to pass him in that next year, presumably. Um, and uh, I guess maybe the way that Powell left, I would go with Mark. They've had some. They've had more team success under Mark, although it's obviously been with Conley and Randolph um, as well, who are also, I think, in this conversation, although yeah. not quite there. You know, um, so I think I would. I think I would say Mark. Yeah, I uh, I would probably go with Mark as well, but I, I the more I sort of look at it and the more I thought of it, and this is one that I sort of bolded and kind of wanted to look at a little bit more, Zach Randolph is one that's very interesting to me because he's a guy who who came in here as, as sort of a troubled man and, you know, that sort of stuff, and people, you know, they're not sure about his motivation and all that sort of stuff, and he's come here, he's been a model citizen, I mean, the success has has followed him as well, I mean, they've been a, a super successful team, he's a guy that I think is synonymous with a lot of those long, you know, playoff runs and that sort of stuff, and he's a guy that when you look at their advertising, he's front and center, it's yeah. like this is a guy that's sort of so to me i mean i think when it's all said and done because i i I think zach's only got a few more you know years left in the tank and mark's obviously got a lot more i think it's gonna be mark but i think if right now i would probably go with zach randolph just because i think the combination of fame you know being that sort of veteran being that that he to me he's just so synonymous with the success that they've had in in the playoffs in those recent recent years and those big playoff runs so i would put him there but yeah he's an interesting case yeah for sure. I, I i see that argument i think i would still go with mark but i definitely see where you're coming from there and i think that's that's a good point so next we have milwaukee which um of course the bucks since 1969 also the hawks from 52 to 55 although they're again not really much of a factor here um, so the leader in six seasons was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 114.7 in 467 games. And then number two, Sidney Moncrief with 88.5 in, six, in 695. Also won the title and had, I believe, four 60-win teams in six, six seasons mm-hmm. with Kareem. Um, Moncrief led some really good um, Bucks teams, underrated Bucks teams that, you know, had some good, you know, they swept the um, Celtics in 83, I believe, but never made a real deep run in the playoffs. Um, So 
that that's an interesting case because of course Kareem left and he's better known as a um as a Laker. Uh, Moncrief is, you know, lesser known player, but a very good one. I, he spent most, if not all his career with the Bucks. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you, do you have strong thoughts about this? Yeah, this one's a little tough because I, on, on the court, I mean, you pretty much have to pick Kareem based off that. But it, it's so hard because I don't know if he is as synonymous with that. I mean, I, I go to a, you know a number of Bucks games per year because because I just love going to Milwaukee and checking them out or whatever. But you, you don't really get. You know, I don't get the idea that he's this guy that I mean, obviously they retired his number and there's some videos here and there of him, but he's just not a guy that I think that they really have embraced as much as being their sort of their their leader their you know they're they're mr basketball i mean i really just i don't get that feeling when i walk into the arena and i don't know if i get a feeling for anybody in there i mean moncrief is a tough one as well ray allen is a guy that you see a lot all over the place in milwaukee but because he's had so much success elsewhere it's it's hard to do that uh, a guy like michael red is interesting you see him a ton of places there because he was a guy who who the bulk of his you know good years were, were there but i mean i i'd be really hard pressed to say michael red this one's tough because i just there, there's a lot of good guys but i'm not sure who is who you would put there i mean i think it, it i would probably go with kareem but i just don't know if they've really embraced him as that either or, or i don't know yeah. if the city of milwaukee is so not you know if they think of kareem as their best their favorite buck of all time yeah. unless you know you're I would guess, you're, you're 60 years old and maybe then but like this new generation i mean there's no way that they yeah well you know they have fond memories we, of kareem we all or, you know. know that it's going to be uh Giannis. you know he's eventually going to be the, great, the oh, greatest yeah, buck ever. Yeah. so so we're not gonna have to worry about this in a few years yeah, so Jabari, Jabari, and 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 Giannis, yeah, you guys take that over because, or or signing Levo uh, is if he continues his uh, <laughs> exactly meteoric yes. m- mediocrity, right. then maybe he can. Right there, you go. Um, so the next one is maybe my favorite one, um, because it's Minneapolis, who of course had the Lakers from forty nine to sixty. Uh, had the Wolves since 1990, uh, also a couple of ABA teams, the Muskies and the Pipers for one season each. But again, those not really the factor. But you have Kevin Garnett with 138.4 um, win shares in 927 games. And then George Mikan with 108 and 439 games. Um, and Mikan, of course, they won four titles in five years of course it's a completely different game i don't know how mike is felt about in minneapolis today if like if the timberwolves have at all embraced that history i mean it's obviously the lakers history so it's a weird one but at the same time it all happened in minneapolis um so i don't know what do you think yeah to me I go with Garnett regardless here, uh, Mike, and that could just be my bias of of, of me growing up with because because Mike and obviously he he set a standard there and and was was a very important player in in that time. So I'm sure there's you know six or seven year old I don't know if they're listening to this podcast that are telling me I'm a you know complete idiot or something. You know in some cases a lot older than that 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 are. To me, I don't have a connection to Mikan as much. I mean, I, I've seen clips here and there, and I know about it, the history and all that sort of stuff. But to me, I, I, I put Garnett, but that, that's my personal bias. Yeah, I, I would pick Mikan. I mean, just because he put the NBA on the map, um, I think the the, the Winters 48 helps a little bit. The five titles, the fact that Garnett's best team success has come in a different city, I think that all of that, um, I think – makes me pick Mike and, but you know, I see the arguments for Garnett. I mean, Garnett's 
a transformative player. The Windshares comparison may not be very good because of just how different the leagues were during these during during the time. I mean, you know, obviously Mike was pre-shot clock basically, so it's really a completely different game. But um, but yeah, I, I just think of because of what Mike meant to the early stages of the game and how he was able to set up the you know basically was the nba's first star and, and kept it alive you know until it, it could kind of until the russell era essentially I, I think that would be why i would um i would pick him one sec my girlfriend's typing on my computer while i'm trying to do this uh moving on to new jersey uh we got the new jersey americans from uh 1968 and then obviously the new jersey nets yeah. uh from 78 and, to and, and the americans and so. nets are the same franchise it's the the americans were in new jersey for a while then became new york americans then changed the name to the nets then mm-hmm. and then once they joined the nba they went back to new jersey so sure and then the new jersey nets obviously we're, we're, we're encompassing new jersey as as the 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 city or whatever because they were in freaking yeah I mean it, it's cities. obviously obviously <laughs> like Jersey is not a city but they were in right. they were in Teaneck for that year uh, in '68 then they were in Piscataway from '77 to '81 East Rutherford from '81 to 2010 and the Prudential Center from 2010 to until they moved to Brooklyn so you know three uh, or I guess four different cities but uh, all of them basically representing a similar the same area more or less I, I i believe that's true i i my northeast geography is not the best so if if i'm wrong about that i apologize but this is kind of the best we could do given just the weirdness of the new jersey situation so yeah it, for me i'm going jason kidd here because i i think and that, and that could again be personal bias of sort of when i grew up but he's i mean with the with the success that that you know new jersey nets had during his time there and he it, it was pretty much he came there and then they had their success i mean unless i don't know how much of that you're going to attribute to richard jefferson and, and carrie kittles but yeah. to me it was jason kidd that went there and, and really put them on the map in a lot I of mean, ways i think jefferson helped and uh you know um kenny martin as well i mean i think they did have some good mm-hmm. players there but but yes i would agree i think it's kid too i mean i think buck williams is a case he actually has the most wind shares in, in city state history i guess um uh, 62.8 in 635 games versus 56.6 for kid in 506 games. Um, kid, I think's hurt a little bit because he had a lot of success in other places. Williams did have success in Portland, uh, but he's more of a role player. I mean, kid was definitely more of a star. Um, it's interesting, of course, because of what happened in this offseason with kid leaving the the Nets franchise as a coach, but he left the Brooklyn fran- left the Brooklyn city, not New Jersey. And I don't know how many New Jersey Nets <laughs> New Jersey fans are harboring a little over that. Yeah. Fans. I mean, I I assume yeah. there's still some overlap and maybe quite a bit. I mean, Brooklyn G, you know, miles wise as as the crow flies wise is not actually that far from you know where they played in Newark, um, but it is quite a distance. I understand. You know, people who live in New Jersey just realistically aren't going to go to Brooklyn very often, so. Um, so I don't know if that really has any effect or not, but I don't sense Buck Williams as being really a guy who's embraced necessarily by, you know, um, New Jersey fans. And and I, I guess this is a tough one because that move is so fresh and it is relatively geographical, geographically close. It's not the same as Oklahoma City to Seattle. You know, it doesn't have that kind of vibe. There's right. still at least it's close enough where there's still maybe some, you know, kind of link there, you know. Absolutely. So now we'll move on to New York, where it gets a little bit more interesting here. you got the Nets, uh, 1969 to 1977, New York Nets, and then obviously the Knicks from 47 to 14. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, so uh, obviously, I mean, you know, the, the one guy you think of first maybe is uh, Patrick Ewing, who has 123 um, win shares per um uh, for in 100 in 1039 games but then somebody like Walt Frazier who um had 108 in 759 so um the um <clears throat> excuse me so the um so Ewing obviously has more but uh Frazier definitely has it in the um you know, winters of 48. I think the way those Knicks teams are lionized in the 70s, you know, the fact that Frazier's been with the franchise for, you know, as a broadcaster forever, um, even though, for, you know, that that was more of a unified team and, and Ewing was definitely clearly the best player on his team pretty much his entire career where Frazier, you know, there were two or three other Knicks you could argue might be the best Nick of his era. I think I might go with Frazier, but I, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting discussion. Yeah, I, I, I initially, when I think of it, I, I, I do Ewing uh, right away. But yeah, Frazier's a very interesting one because, um, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's still synonymous with that franchise. I mean, you, you still, I mean, I watch Knicks games on, you know, on, on, on League Pass and he's there and he's yucking it up. And, and they, you know, every time they show a clip of him with his, you know, outrageous fashion and all that sort of stuff. So to me, yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting with him. But yeah, I, I, um, I would go Ewing. I would I would absolutely okay. go Ewing I think one note and I don't he's definitely not number one but Julius Irving has had a 51.8 win shares in 252 games um, which would be eighth in New York history when during his time with the Nets which you know he, he he's obviously more um, he's obviously more synonymous with uh, with Philly but I do think that's an interesting um, just an interesting footnote. Real quick. All right, we'll move on to Oakland here. You have the Oakland Oaks. Uh, obviously, if you listen to our Rick Barry uh, podcast, you know much about that. It's from 1968 to 1969. And then the Warriors from 72 to 2014. Um, very interesting one. I think this one, there's guys now. I think there's a guy that's definitely going to take the reins there uh, when it's all said and done. I think that's Steph Curry. But you have, obviously, Chris Mullen, Rick Barry, uh, our current ones. There's a few other guys in there, but I think this is Steph's Curry, uh, Steph Curry's to win. You know, a few more years of him, and I think he, he is going to be synonymous with it. But but Chris Mullen's a guy who sort of hung around the franchise post-playing career, so that, that definitely helps in, in my mind. But Yeah, um, I think because Barry led them to a championship, um, I, I think I might um... – there might be some benefit there. And, and, and of course this is from 72, um, to, for him to 70. So it doesn't count his, um, his, uh, San Francisco time, you know, sure. it's only his Oakland time. So that, that, you know, maybe changes it a little bit, but, um, I, I would pick Barry, but I, you, I, you can make the case for Mullen. I, I don't think Curry necessarily has it in the bag, but it's certainly a possibility. I mean, with mm -hmm. you know, there's the injury history, although he's been pretty healthy more recently. So, you know, I, I could see that happening, but they also would need quite a bit of team success and out West. That's not guaranteed. Deep playoff runs are not guaranteed despite the right. talent they have on that team. Absolutely. You have Orlando. Obviously, they've only had the Magic since 1990. You have uh, Dwight Howard, Nick Anderson, Shaquille O'Neal, Tracy McGrady as, as possible options here. This one's tricky because everybody just kind of leaves Orlando. Yes. So it's like, what, what jilted lover, you know, which one would they pick? Um, you have Howard, who obviously win, leads in win shares, but Shaq is a guy that really is sort of synonymous from a, from a merchandising standpoint and, and, and that logo and, and you just sort of always too. sort of a, yeah you sort of just assume uh, Shaquille O'Neal but you have guys like Nick Anderson who, who were I and mean, this one's tough because there's just 
you know, which of the guys that left them in a heap yeah. <laughs> would be the best. And, I mean, and Penny Hardaway, who's fifth in there, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, Jameer right, Nelson right. to a certain extent, although he's obviously just you know, been a role player. He's an interesting one. No, he's he's an interesting one because they think he's a guy that they've sort of embraced because he's the one that hasn't gotten away because he's not that good. I mean, good, he finally but... did. He finally went to, yeah. but, but, you know, he had a long run there, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think because of the just adva- the, the length and the advantage of, of wind chairs, I think I would pick Dwight, even though I fully understand that like probably most Orlando fans might not agree <laughs> with me and, yeah, and yeah. you know um but I but the, without a better without a good alternative I guess that's kind of the thing the, mm-hmm. the thing that I found interesting is that, that Shaq and McGrady played in each played in 295 games Shaq had 48.3 win shares and McGrady had 48.2 which is crazy that Shaq didn't have higher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, they only play. I mean, you know, I, he wasn't quite as dominant until he got a bit older. I mean, well, I mean, like higher than McGrady. Like, I, I think McGrady was a great well, player. I mean, McGrady was. I mean, he had a couple of awesome years. I mean, like oh three, oh two, oh three, oh four. I mean, he was just an outstanding player. So, yeah, and I guess if you really look at the peak of Shaq, was that those LA years where he was just unstoppable? Right. Where, like, I mean, Shaq was obviously great, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So uh, all right. next, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, next week there's, there's, there's Philadelphia, and there's a lot of interesting choices here. But I mean, the clear one is um, Will Chamberlain. I mean, the, the interesting thing is there's actually two significant franchises: there's the Warriors from 47 to 62, and then the 76ers from 64 to 14. And Chamberlain had a total of 103 win shares in 508 games, and and no one else even comes close to that. I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they, they have a lot of players that were important to the franchise, Paul Arizin, Julius Irving, Charles Barkley, who's win, who has about the same amount of win shares as Irving does, but in 200 fewer games, uh, Neil Johnston, who was a great player in the fifties, along with Arizin, Maurice Cheeks, and of course, you know, Allen Iverson. Um, yeah. but I, I don't think there's an, I mean, I did put this one as an argument because there's just so many other candidates who are really interesting, but I, I mean, I think it's Chamberlain without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe make an argument for Julius Irving, but I, I would definitely go with Will Chamberlain, I think, on this one. I mean, the, the Irving's the only one I would listen to. I, I mean, maybe an Iverson to an extent, but I think yeah. yeah I mean, Barkley, I would listen Will to or... if it wasn't if he didn't the fact they didn't have his best team success elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I agree. Uh, so Phoenix is kind of a weird one. Um, you know, they've been around since the Suns have been around since 69. Their actual leader in win shares is Sean Marion with 93 in 660 games. Kevin Johnson is 90.9 in 683. So fairly close. Nash has 82.7 and actually 744 games. So he's, he's behind those two. Um, Westfall and Barkley, who are guys you might think of as well are, um, 10th and 11th on that list. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm tempted to Tricky, say Nash yeah. <laughs> because of the MVPs and because, sure. I mean, you know, he's obviously the first guy you think of when it comes to those Phoenix teams. He spent most of his career in Phoenix, although obviously played in Dallas, too. Um, Marion's, you know, he he's played a lot of other places, um, won a championship in Dallas. Um was kind of you know considered a malcontent so there's an issue kevin johnson's obviously you know he's kind of an interesting pick but uh, you know i don't know if being sacramento mayor matters at all and being so important in sacramento keeping their team if yeah. that's you know has any fact that, I, I use that as a knock against them in a, in a little bit of ways in our our mythical <laughs> random like whatever the hell we're, we're we're basing this on but sure. yeah so 
Uh, um, yeah, I, this one's tough. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm just going to not pick one. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I guess, move on. I'm like, I can't I do it. Pick, I don't know. I guess I'll pick Nash. I just feel like he's yeah. the guy who's um, still synonymous. But, uh, you know, you tell you I think Marion deserves some reexamination here because, man, he was really mm-hmm. great, you know. Yeah. And he played there for a while, too. I and mean, people sort of would just yeah. assume that, you know, Nash came in and Marion just sort of appeared. But no, yeah, he, he was there. Marion you know? was there, you know. Uh, yeah. 2000. I think Nash joined in 04. So um, yeah. and Amari, too, you know, I mean, he, he he's a little bit down the list, but he had, a, you know, he's another guy who, um, you know, the, 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 I mean, the Suns, have, they've, for a team that's never won a championship, they've had a lot of really good players and a lot of deep sure. playoff runs. So uh, next is Sacramento since 86. The Kings have had in Sacramento. And this is a, a, a pretty surprise. It was a bit of a surprise to me. Because the first guy I the, the first guys I would think of would be would be Mitch Richmond or Chris Webber probably Chris Webber honestly mm-hmm. because of the team success. Yeah. Same but thing. you know, Peja had five hundred fifty nine point eight win shares in five hundred eighteen games. Webber had fifty had um and, and more than Richmond in a similar number of games. Only one fewer game for Richmond. He had fifty point four. Webber had um. Uh, 45.5 in 377, so a better uh, win share for 48. And I think with the team success, I mean, he felt more important to the team success at the time. Um, you know, but Peja, I mean, you look at those, like he's a guy who'd be more appreciated now, I think, than he was at the time because of what, you know, we kind of value that spacing and we value his shooting and, um, you know, the defensive. He had, he had issues with defense. Of course, Weber wasn't the best defender either, so... I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I initially I, I go Weber with this one just because of of, of the fame he sort of brought to Sacramento during it. Because I, I, I see him as being the more pivotal, obviously the, the more pivotal part of of those of the success of those teams. But you can you can definitely make an argument for Peja and, and even a Mitch Richmond as well. But yeah. to me, I, I go Chris Weber. I, I, I think without a doubt. I think yeah. one thing we conclude is that Peja Peja is more important to those teams than we we need to remember that he was pretty important to those teams. Right. Maybe more than people you know think about. So. He's a guy that I wonder now if I had watched those Sacramento teams that like everybody would be talking about Chris Weber and like I'd be the the you know Peja's underrated guy because you really look at his numbers and like dude was really really good yeah. on those teams and, and and especially now looking back it's 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 pretty I, I I thought it was a little bit later until he got good but man that was, he was a really awesome player for those teams so yeah. yeah and Toronto has a similar problem to Orlando in that they are they've. Uh, the Raptors since 96, they also had a year as the Huskies in 47. They do not factor so much into this. Um, that their two best players, Chris Bosch and Vince Carter, um, who basically have similar win share per 48 numbers. Uh, Bosch has more 61.8 to 47.7 total. Both of them left in acrimonious circumstances, probably Carter in more acrimonious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's debatable. Um, uh, there, you know, the third is Jose Calderon, who's a good soldier, but not really, you know, um, an elite player. Um, uh, so I, and then you got your like your Morris Petersons, who was there for a long time, and I know he's kind of a guy who's beloved in the, in the city. Yeah, JYD Junkyard right. Dog is a guy that's beloved there. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know, like none of those guys are really all that good. You know, I would um, 
I would probably do Vince Carter, especially now that they've sort of re-embraced him. I think it was last year where they brought him back, and and it sort of was a a calming thing for. I wrote about it. I did a big piece at Hickory High about Vince Carter sort of coming back, and 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 that sort of everything that came with that. And I thought that was a good moment for him and for the franchise to really now that they have and they embrace it too. They started embracing Vince Carter as a part of their history after a while of just kind of as we said, like being more like Orlando for a lot of ways. So I think I think to me now he's 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 definitely taking that mantle, and I think he's going to have it for for a while. Yeah, he's he's also more of a transcendent player. I mean, he was. I mean, Bosch was a very good player. He still is, um, but he's going to be more known as as a Heat than as uh, as a Raptor. I would say. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and just the dunk contest and the dunks and the highlights or whatever. I mean, Vince Carter will live on forever. Yeah. So. So our last city, Washington D.C., which is home of the Capitals from '47 to '51 in the early NBA. Another Capitals team um, in the ABA in 1970, and then they have been the Bullets Wizards franchise since 74 moving from uh, Baltimore so uh, kind of an interesting one again um, actually if you look at wind shares uh, Hayes and and Unseld played the exact same number of seasons Hayes played more games he's quite a bit ahead in wind shares 72.4 to 59.3 but I think Unseld's the guy who's remembered he's also the guy who was coach and GM of that franchise later although those were really bad teams um, for the most part (laughs) so I'm not sure exactly how much that's benefited but I think Unseld's a guy who's beloved and Hayes is a guy who's not really ever been embraced because you know he's, he's just has a surly reputation so um uh, the other guy who's an interesting one um, is Arenas, who, of course, was really <laughs> embraced by the city until he started either the finger guns, uh, the bringing um, arms into the locker room and, you know, the eccentric behavior started to catch up with him. And then he just got hurt and became a bad player. But yeah. for a while, he was very, very good and definitely the guy who was that franchise player, you know, that they hadn't had for a long time for, you know, for a few years in the 2000s. Yeah, and you have John Wall, who's uh, 23rd right now, uh, win shares wise, yeah. and definitely has an opportunity to sort of lead that next generation yeah. of, of of wizards. He's a, in, in, so. he's a guy. He doesn't even necessarily need. I mean, Hayes and Unsold have a championship, but he doesn't even necessarily need to have a whole. No, lot he needs to have success. 10 really good years. Right. Yeah, and, and he, if he becomes a star, like a legitimate bona fide star, he's he, yeah. he's there and, definitely. And, and, and Unsold's lower on this because it doesn't count as Baltimore years from 68 mm-hmm. to 74. So if if it, if it did, then he would be higher. But you know, because of the yeah, and I would probably go Unsold regardless. He's just to me when I, when I think of the bullets or Washington, you know, I I, I think unselled. But uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Brennan Haywood is sixth on their win shares all time, which yeah. is just yeah. played there a lot. But man, Brennan, like yeah, that's not been a good franchise. It's not a good franchise. Uh, <laughs> like you can't have Brennan Haywood be in your top ten right. of, of win so, shares all time, especially since they've been around forever. I mean, they have historic teams, they have title teams, they have all this sort of stuff, and it's like. Brennan Haywood? Uh, yeah. So but um, that's what I'd go unsold on this one. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think there's some and I think Wall is interesting because I, I think for Toronto, I, I mean, I don't think it's super likely, but I think DeMar DeRozan's kind of an interesting guy who could kind of be in that conversation. He's never going to yeah. be the he's never going to have the peaks of Carter. But if he's like consistent for long enough and they're like a, a, a good team, like I could see him kind of being a, a, a guy who, you know, most fans be the first guy they think of when they think of the franchise certainly yeah definitely all right rich well i think we uh yeah that was fun fun experiment so hopefully um people will uh 
uh, are interested in this show and uh, we need arguments. You people need to comment on the uh, the show post yeah, with all would, your arguments yeah, of how would, we're idiots. Tell us how big of idiots right, we are. This is please. definitely one where we would love the feedback on the comments. Uh, Twitter will be fine as well at Over and Back NBA. And of course, as we mentioned before, if you want to leave some comments about the podcast, not not necessarily about you know reacting to this, uh, just comments about you know how good or bad we are on iTunes, uh, rating and review. That would be uh, wonderful as well uh, on the HB Basketball Network. You can find the link at the uh, bottom of the post. So, uh, Rich, it's been swell. It has been. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll uh, until next time. Goodbye, everyone. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.